in the hobby. It's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking that we could pull, I don't know, Hall of Famer. But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com. The only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy slab packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. There is nothing more fun than opening an Arena Club slab pack. I mean, it is so much better than any mystery pack that I've ever purchased because there is a focus on transparency. There is a display of available cards. There are hit rates you can get. When you're graded, you're given a rationale. It is the marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, and displaying. Arena Club Slab Packs are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your pulls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling. You can have them officially graded by Arena Club. The Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent, with a full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. Whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform you have to check out. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash badmoney. Wow, that's a crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack, that's $40 right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash badmoney for 10% off your first purchase. Ah, spring. Nothing like the world progressing towards summer to inspire your own progress. That's what life's all about, in your career, relationships, and your finances. Let's talk about that last one. With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card, it's easy to start building credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments with no annual fees or interest. So your weekly grocery run can feel even more productive, and that morning coffee can taste like a little victory. And if your credit scores grow, so could your opportunities to get lower rates on loans, like for a new ride or finally having a home to call your own. Sounds like progress, right? With Chime's Secure Credit Card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started today at chime.com build. That's chime.com build. Chime feels like progress. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to chime.com disclosures for details. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. You got problems that you ought to be concerned with. Hoo-ah. You don't know how you're supposed to earn it or what to do with it or how to keep it. You're a freak with a dark, shameful secret. But you're not the only one. Get your hidden financial fears with a blast of sun. Now your healing has begun. It's bad with money with Gabe S. Done. Hello and welcome to Bad With Money, a show about finances and feelings where we don't talk down to you. I'm very excited because this is a topic we have not covered at all yet. So do you guys, the Frugal Friends podcast, want to each introduce yourselves, starting with Jill, maybe? Yeah. Hey, (laughs) nice to be here. Thanks for having us, Gabe. My name is Jill. I'm the co-host of the Frugal Friends podcast alongside Jen. 
And my background is in social work and mental health. And coming from not having made a lot of money in my life, I had to be as efficient and good stewarding of my finances as possible. But through the help of Jen and our Frugal Friends community, I have learned to adopt a frugal mindset that is just the good stewarding of resources instead of a scarcity mindset. And that's just a little bit about me. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to get into that. And Jen... (laughs) Yeah, my name is Jen Smith, and I paid off $78,000 of debt with my husband in two years, and that was extreme, and I came out of it with a bit of a debt payoff hangover. Mm. So I started Frugal Friends with Jill to help people figure out, A, how to save money, but also how to spend better and learn that spending is not the enemy that debt is not the enemy, but learn how to kind of hold the tension between all of the financial goals we're supposed to have and what reality actually allows us to do and and what our goals really are leading us to. And how would you define frugality? So what Jill said is the good stewardship of resources. So a lot of people hate the word Mm -hmm. frugal. They think it's cheap, that it's like rewashing plastic bags and, and just really cumbersome to to a lifestyle, right? So, but we think of it as the good stewardship of resources. And yes, money is one of your resources, but also time and natural resources, physical space, pretty much anything that you have in in your life and environment that's finite, you want to be responsible and intentional with how you use that resource. And that's really what we think frugality is. And It just happens that so much of what we encounter in our life requires money or touches money. And so that's why that's a topic that we focus on more than all of the other ones. I would say even friendship is a natural resource. Oh, yeah. Yes. Friend relationships. It intersects with our emotional and mental and physical capacities. And so even the ways in which we steward our relationships Yeah, we have finite emotional, relational, mental capacity. And so there's definitely Mm -hmm. a stewardship that intersects friendship as well. My boyfriend has like a very frugal mindset that he's always kind of balancing how to not deprive himself versus how to like make intentional decisions. And that's been really helpful to me because there's stuff like that almost feels, I mean, I'm queer and there's stuff that is like sort of queer mutual aid, like the there's buy nothing Facebook groups. There's like things where people ask each other to borrow stuff that like was hard for me to get in the mindset of because I I hate asking for help. But like, I think there's, I think when you think of it as frugality, it's like a, a, you know, you, you, when you pitched coming on the show, you were like, it's not another F word versus like, if you think about it as like mutual aid or like being helpful or like, you know, buying stuff that isn't going to fall apart in two days, that is like somehow easier for people to swallow, I think. Yeah, it is when you when you rebrand it, mm-hmm. it's more attractive, mm-hmm. right? So we're just using this old word, but we're kind we're trying to rebrand it to what it was what it was in the beginning before people started practicing extreme frugality that really is what we call cheap. Mm-hmm. So cheap for us is saving money or other resources at the expense of someone else. Right. So cheap affects other people negatively where frugality 
is kind of a rising tide lifts all boats mentality. Yeah, it's very much like because it's the opposite in a sense. Like there's another Reddit group that's called like buy it once or something. And it's like people talking about like what car is going to last the longest, what shoes are going to last the longest. And that makes a lot more sense to me. I don't know if that's something that is like what you guys push, which is, you know, what are you going to what cookware is going to last forever and not fall apart? And that is like, that just makes sense in terms of you're not depriving yourself. You're just getting things that you've read the reviews of. You've taken the time to like figure out if it's actually going to fit in your house. If it's like I, you know, I did a thing where I was like, okay, I need to buy a curtain rod. And I went to get one. And then afterwards, I realized that the way that my window was set up, it wasn't going to fit. But if I had just taken two seconds to measure the window, I wouldn't have. And and so I think like people think it's, you know, only eating beans and cutting all of your apps and stuff, which like it can be. But it's also like, do you actually watch that app? Are you like what food goes bad in your fridge? Like, am I sort of getting the the point? Yes, I think we are sold such a binary on uh, pick a topic, any topic. It's either this or that. And usually it's extremes. I think right now we're describing deprivation or indulgence or overconsumption. Mm -hmm. And what we're trying to advocate for is the tension between those two items, not the neglect of one over the other, but where's this kind of radical middle third option of it's not deprivation, but it's not overconsumption either. Mm -hmm. And there is a spectrum that's going to look different for all of us. It doesn't mean that we have to feel the pressure to always buy the best possible shoe ever. That's never, ever going to wear out and we're never going to buy another Mm -hmm. shoe again. But if you really enjoy shoes and having good quality is worth it to you and you want to plan to have it for five years, then doing a little bit of research and making the best informed decision at that time is excellent. And I, and again, it's going to look different for every person, but I think identifying what are the extremes that I feel pulled between or to what end do I often tend to find myself? And is there a way that I can kind of move more towards the tension of both things and not buy into this either or, but Mm -hmm. rather both and. Do you think when you talk about overconsumption, it's funny because like, do you think that that do you often find that that dovetails with like eco-friendly? I think a lot of the good, you know, quote unquote, good stewardship of natural resources is actually greenwashed. And that true, like true natural resource, like consumption, observation, intentionality comes with that, you know, searching what is the something I can buy once and have it forever. Like that is really what's going to move the needle is using up everything you have before you throw it out. I think a lot of like TikTok, like organized talk and all of this sustainable stuff that we see all everywhere has people procrastinate spending is what I call it, like going out and buying something in order to make progress or to, you know, quote, quote unquote, try and like do something new when really you're just procrastinating by spending more money. You're not actually moving the needle on anything. And that's a lot of what buying sustainably is like, is it good if you're using plastic bags every day in your kid's lunch to buy a stasher bag or some kind of reusable bag? 
yes, that's great. If you've proven that that's something you throw away a lot, then there's a solution for that. But trying to do something and throwing money at the problem to solve it, it's usually, it's it's what marketers want us to do, right? It's what they've told us is the right thing to do, but it is not the right thing to do in reality. In reality, it comes from spending less and getting creative in how we can use the stuff that's already around us. Yeah. What would you consider natural resources that people aren't using? Uh, so for us, we just think it's like, you know, sustainability, like being eco-friendly. Mm -hmm. So choosing to think secondhand first mm -hmm. versus buying, you know, fast fashion or, or brand new mm -hmm. stuff. And it's not bad. Like buying new stuff isn't bad, right? That's That's where we come in at holding the tension. One is not better than the other. But if you can get in the habit of, you know, what can I reuse or repurpose in my house first? Mm -hmm. If I can't, where can I look for it secondhand? At a thrift store, on eBay, Poshmark. If I can't find it then, then I go look for it firsthand. Mm -hmm. But we're just kind of trying to put up these small barriers before we instantly go and take the easiest yeah. route that often ends with us spending more money than we need and is, you know, not doing as much good as the marketers are telling us that it is doing. What do you do about impulse spending? Ooh. How much time do you have? I know. I know. <laughs> Great question, Gabe. Impulse spending, I think, is one of the areas where we can experience such a hemorrhage to our finances. Uh, when it comes to discretionary expenses, of course, I think we can spend a lot on a house that is larger than we need. But when it comes to those, and most of us on a daily basis aren't impulse purchasing houses. Right, sure. And so when it comes to <laughs> our discretionary spending, this is definitely an area that is worth looking at. And oftentimes, one of the things that we love to talk about, I'm sure you do too, just the whole person approach mm. that we are not separated from our finances or our financial decisions. They are impacted and being impacted by the rest of what's going on in our lives. And so we don't want to solely and first look at behaviors. We want to look at what comes before that. And so often it's our thoughts, our emotions, our circumstances, our environment. And so it's worth identifying when are the points that I am experiencing an impulse purchase. And it's not just a stop, don't do mm -hmm. that anymore. It's what's happening, getting curious about maybe patterns that we're seeing before we even try to interrupt the behavior, the actual purchase itself. But what's happening here? What was I feeling when I made that purchase? What was going on around me? What, what did my relationships look like? What were some of the thoughts, feelings, emotions that, that were circling around that led me to make that purchase? And that's where we can actually, when we identify patterns there, create a different cycle of relating, find something else that's going to help us to cope with whatever it was that maybe prompted that purchase in the first place, because it is doing something for many of us who find that impulse buys are our biggest problem when it comes to hemorrhaging money. 
unnecessarily, it's usually a coping mechanism for something, whether ingrained and taught to us from a young age, something we picked up along the way. It does serve a purpose. It can give us that little dopamine high. It can be an activity we do with friends. It can make us feel better about ourselves for a certain amount of time, but only for a short time may not be our best coping mechanism. So we would say to people who are finding that being a a big pain point to look back over a 90-day transaction history and identify almost like a transaction journal. Mm -hmm. If you can remember when I made that purchase that I now today, I don't feel great about that. That was impulsive. It's not a value to me. I actually don't even use that thing anymore or I didn't enjoy that latte okay, what came before that? What what were the emotions? Was there a hard conversation? What did work look yeah. like that day? And just let the patterns emerge from there. Mm-hmm. And I'll add that the answer is not a budget. A lot of, when you go on the internet, a lot of people are saying the first, you know, the solution to impulse spending is make mm. a budget. It's not the solution. A budget can be a tool, but it is a plan for your spending. It serves no purpose except to make you feel guilty when you impulse spend outside of your perfectly curated budget. Mm -hmm. And so you really do have to look at these internal triggers. I like to, if you're, if you like, like, very step-by-steppy things, I like to look at James Clear's, like, habit circle. Mm -hmm. And the first thing is, is triggers, cues. So he's got a, like a list of those and you can pretty much go down the line of those and be like, they pretty, they pretty well correlate to the reasons we make impulse purchases. So location, people, emotional state, feelings, all of those going through and looking back at that transaction inventory, figuring out what your triggers are. That's what's going to help you in the future cut down on impulse purchases that turn into regrets. Not all impulse purchases are regretful. Mm -hmm. Like they're not bad, but there are a lot that we wish we hadn't made. And looking back at your past can help you change your actions in the future. A budget is only going to make you feel guilty Mm -hmm. about not being perfect. Managing my finances is incredibly stressful and time-consuming. I'm sure you guys know. You've been with me on this journey. You know how many finance apps I've tried. You know how much they haven't worked for me. And I'm always on the hunt for a finance app that fits my life. And then I tried Monarch. It is so easy to use with powerful features, collaboration tools, intuitive design, personalization, constant product improvements. I really value an app that allows me to do all of this without confusion. And especially important to me is intuitive design and the ability to personalize because clearly finance is not one size fits all. Did you know that money issues are a leading cause of divorce? Monarch, the top rated personal finance app, also has built in collaboration features so you can invite your partner at no extra cost. Together, you can see all your finances, collaborate on your budget, and get insights on your cash flow and recurring transactions. It's the easiest way to manage your household finances. Are you saving for a down payment, a wedding, a dream vacation? Monarch makes it so easy to help you reach your financial goals. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Have you been frustrated with personal finance apps that are cluttered with ads, difficult to use, rarely updated? So was Monarch. They built a new kind of personal finance app that's intuitive and powerful and ad-free and constantly improving based on customer feedback. Experience a personal finance app that prioritizes the user experience above all else. 
Monarch is the top-rated, all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash badmoney. Unlike other personal finance apps, Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to set up, customize, and use. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. Change the layout of your dashboard, toggle between light and dark mode, create custom budgets and notifications, set up automatic rules for transactions and notifications, and more. Plus, there's ad-free privacy you can trust. We will never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash badmoney. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash badmoney for your extended 30-day free trial. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a new candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy. It would be so much easier if I was looking for someone to help me with sweetening audio or let's say someone to run my merch shop or all the little things that go into running a podcast. Usually something like that would be so slow and overwhelming. And honestly, I wish I had used Indeed and I will use Indeed in the future. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash badwithmoney. Just go to Indeed.com slash badwithmoney right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash badwithmoney. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. You guys know that I have had allergies for forever. I've had seasonal allergies since I was a kid. It causes pressure in my face, under my eyes. They're my ultimate handbrake. When my nose is plugged up, I feel like I can't do anything. I can't enjoy food because I can't taste it. I can't work out because I feel tired and distracted. I can't even host the show because my voice sounds like a duck. And listen, I am already dealing with vocal strain from testosterone and my voice dropping. I don't need any more problems with allergies. Luckily, for those of us who live with symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. I've been taking Claritin D for allergies like probably for the last 10 years or something, and it's been an absolute life changer. I can go outside without my eyes watering like a fountain. I can speak without feeling like a frog has jumped in my throat. I get really embarrassed when I'm sneezing all the time. I have like an itchy nose or throat, like ugh, like just the, the itchiness in the back of your sinuses is like so distracting and so annoying. And I get like pressure in my ears too. It's really painful. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies. It's time to live Claritin Clear. 
Fast and Powerful Relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. It's more, it's less so like going into stuff with a budget, which I do have because I'm like going through a heinous breakup where money got all fucked up. But like, so I I do have one, but it's more so I think like changing, you're right about habits, like changing the way that you're thinking about stuff. And like, you know, a lot of times I would be like, well, it's saving me money to just buy this really fast, but like, or it's saving me time to buy this really fast. But what it's actually doing is not like, not thinking about other routes to take to get the same sort of thing. And like going on to Craigslist free has been great or, you know, walking past something on the street and being like, oh, what is that? Or, you know, we redecorated. My boyfriend and I were like, well, I wanted to redecorate my apartment. And I, we we were like, let's try and do it for zero dollars. Let's see how we can do that. And so we just redecorated. We like he had extra shelves that he wasn't using, like And we just redid the whole thing. And it was like a complete redo of my apartment, but we didn't buy anything extra. And it's just like a way of thinking that has been helpful at this time when I haven't had a lot of income. There's been a strike for my industry and stuff like that. And it's been a really interesting thing to think about, especially like I started putting stuff in a cart and then not buying it. And then looking at it later and being like, okay, where's another way that I can get this? Or like, I have a bunch of group chats I'm in and like, I've just become the person who's like, hey, does anyone have any fake plants they don't want? Or like, hey, do you guys, does anyone have a hot glue gun? (laughs) And like, people (laughs) do have it. They do. Yeah. And it's that we have become like, so we've been taught that self-reliance is is the most admirable mm-hmm. trait, right? And we want to be completely self-reliant. But there is this beauty to being interdependent almost, like to be of service to mm-hmm. someone and let somebody else be of service to you. Mm-hmm. Like how much do you love helping a friend, love it. right? So like letting people feel that helping you mm-hmm. It's so easy to give, but we don't want to receive. And that's something that you, like, relearning is just an overall, like, life skill that is beautiful. But it has a direct impact on your finances, Mm -hmm. too. So I wanted to ask about this, like, this RV, house sitting, things like this kind of stuff. What were you, like, Jill, what were you doing exactly? What was that? (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> why did you do no, that? No, I'm just so what, curious what because we're, you, you know, <laughs> my breakup, I bought this ex of mine, we bought a house together and that's been what's been like so awful and draining and, and terrible because it's just become contentious. But like, you know, we, my boyfriend now has been talking about, well, should we buy a house in LA? I don't know. And like all this stuff like, oh, well, it might actually be better to rent. And the old idea that boomers had of you have to buy a place, like maybe doesn't, it, it's like, mindlessly going towards, you know, goals, quote unquote, that like may not even fit the future where maybe we don't want to live in LA. Maybe we, you know, all this stuff. So like, I'm just so curious about these alternate, you know, ideas. Housing options. Yeah. As I mentioned, we don't impulse purchase houses. So we don't necessarily need to look at our housing 
on a daily basis, but it is one of the major areas of spending that is worth looking at. Housing, transportation, food, clothing, and bills. Those are the four biggest categories that we spend. And so it's worthwhile to look at some of these heavy hitters when it comes to our finances. And just cutting out a cappuccino here and there is not actually going to make a massive dent in the financial landscape, or if especially if we've got big financial goals like paying off debt mm-hmm. or saving and investing for retirement. And so it was kind of out of that place that my husband and I decided that that we were going to live in an RV. And a lot, this was before it was a cool thing to do. Definitely. We did not do the whole Instagram thing. It wasn't like that. And we didn't do it to road trip either. We did take some road trips, but our main reason for RV living was to own a home within our means. Mm -hmm. We were living in the Northeast kind of outside Philadelphia. And it's an expensive area. And we just didn't even want to afford a row home in not a great part of town for hundreds of thousands of yeah. dollars. And so realizing and looking through pictures of RVs and recognizing it, it's on wheels, sure, but it has everything we need. Mm-hmm. It's got a kitchen, a bathroom, a bed. Let's do it. And we ended up doing living that way twice. We first lived in a motor home mm-hmm. and then we downsized into a much smaller like pull behind trailer. So that one was 170 square feet total. I loved it. Now, I don't still live in an RV. We we never said this is now the rest of our lives. Mm-hmm. We are full-time RVers through and through. And that was intentional and also something I encourage other people with that even if we think outside of the box and we get creative with our housing, we don't have to box ourselves into that being what we are now choosing for the rest of our lives. We did it for a time for a specific purpose. I did really enjoy it. It brought a lot of other learning to me about my waste. If you do the RV life, you are very connected with all forms of your waste. So be prepared. But it helped me understand consumption and how to reduce some of that and so so much pieces, so many pieces of learning. But it, it also saved us a ton of money. I was able to cash flow my master's degree from the sale of the one RV we were able to pay for when we decided to buy a house, a down payment on a house with the sale of another RV. And in the midst of that kind of non-traditional housing journey, we also lived with and took care of my grandmother and we house sat in a log cabin. And so we were certainly very willing to think outside the box with one of these, with the one of the most major expenses we have of rent or mortgage. Mm-hmm. And it really helped us a lot. I don't think that those options are available to all people, just depending on life circumstance and family makeup. But I I do love to encourage everyone that it can be negotiable. Fixed expenses don't have to be so fixed. There could be ways of really getting creative and reducing costs, even if just for a short amount of time. I like the idea that you don't have to make something your identity. Like you don't have to be like, well, I'm a minimalist or I'm a tiny house person or I'm mm-hmm. like, you can just yeah. do it and you don't have to be like, this is me forever. Or like even, you know, I, I the idea of minimalist versus maximalist, it's like you can be a maximalist and have a bunch of free stuff or have a bunch of, 
you know, like if you want your house to look a certain way, you could also be minimalist or you could change or you could be like, I'm a tiny house person. Never mind. Now I'm this now, you know, like I think people get very into you're right. Like the sort of Instagram of it all of like who, who I am, where it's just like, no, these are just like mm-hmm. your circumstances or whatever. Yeah. It's your story and you have every right to throw them a plot twist yeah. whenever you want. So how does, how do you decide when paying more for convenience is better? Gosh, I wish I could give you like a really good, hearty sound bite for that <laughs> answer. But it does depend on what you value and where you are in life, like the season you're in. So we think of seasons like spring, summer, fall, whatever. But we live in these mini seasons too, right? Or these longer seasons. So like right now I have young children and my life is a, a dumpster mm-hmm. fire of renovations. Like I have very little time. So I choose more things over like convenience over money saving a lot more now than when it was just my husband mm-hmm. and I, or I was, you know, a lot more flexible with my time when I didn't have as many interests <laughs> outside of my house and my business. So it's seasons, but then it's also like, what do you value? There are people who absolutely love couponing. Like it is their jam. Mm-hmm. And they'll spend time looking for coupons, strategizing coupons and accumulating stuff and, you know, giving stuff away. So, so humanitarian. Like they're lovely people. I hate couponing. I can't, I, no desire to do any of that. So it's it's what you value and what you're interested in and, and what you enjoy too. Uh, so it's it behooves you to take time to like sit down and think like, what are the things, what are the ways that I have saved money in the past that I've really not been affected by or even maybe enjoyed? What are the things that have really been making, made me feel deprived in the past? And so figuring out, that's why it, it's, it's great to play around with different ways to save and make money so that you can learn these things about yourself. And you're right. They don't have to become part of your identity. They are simply things that you are trying in in your season. So once you play around enough, then you can really start to learn like, okay, this is the season of my life that's busier than others. And I'm going to choose convenience and speed over money. Like right now, I don't buy any produce whole. Mm -hmm. Like it has to be pre-chopped if I'm going to use it. Like I will not chop an onion at this period in my life. (laughs) But (laughs) buying buying pre-chopped stuff at the grocery store saves me money over the number of times I would go to Chipotle Mm -hmm. in a week. So I'm still winning. But I had to be like aware of that part of myself in order to make that kind of like radical middle decision. Yeah. You have it. The frugal friends say, play around, see what works. (laughs) Oh, I love that. There's the sound bite. There's the sound bite. I love that. We don't, we don't need sound bites. We're very nuanced and emotional here. There's no, there's never a sound bite. Good. Okay. But I think too, Gabe, you had described this yourself of 
having created the pause and you've given multiple examples, one of the ones that stood out to me was how you put things just into a cart, let them sit there, then revisit Mm -hmm. it. I think it can be as simple as that of giving ourselves space before we kind of jump on a decision or a convenience to be able to understand ourselves better and get curious about ourselves. What is it that I want from this thing? What problem does it solve? Is there another way that I can get that same result without spending money or without buying something brand new, without creating unnecessary waste and then attaching that to values? And sometimes it's going to be worth it. Sometimes it's worth getting the pre-chopped vegetables because we've been curious and now we've got a self-understanding that Jen's in the middle of renovations and has a bunch of kids. And then sometimes it's going to be worth understanding that the renovations are over. The kids are grown. Mm -hmm. Chop your own Mm -hmm. onions. Yeah. Does. (laughs) Yeah. uh, But yeah, it's like that was a very good description of Jen's life. (laughs) Very visual. Very. I have two children for the record. I don't have a gaggle. When they're young, it seems like there's a lot more than two. Yeah, it does seem like there's too many. Yeah, for me, like one is half of one is too many i like hanging out with other people's kids my own i don't know me too (laughs) is the thing that is interesting the the decision to have kids while being frugal like how do you do that isn't that a fun yeah it's it's definitely like nobody should be deterred from having kids if you If you want Mm -hmm. them, like I think if you want kids, you should have them in whatever way it takes. And if you don't want them, don't have them. Yeah, don't like don't do it. (laughs) I talked into it. Right. There is no absolutely should be no pressure from the outside world to do this Mm -hmm. thing. But and there is a way you can have kids and can be really, really expensive. You can have kids and it can be really, really inexpensive. And sometimes you can have kids and you don't get to choose whether it's expensive or inexpensive because that child could have medical expenses that that you can't control. Right. I mean, on the good end of the spectrum, they could have like a, a gift with music or sports that you want right. to hone, you know. So there are things that you can control, you know, like kids, you know, young kids don't care what they wear. Like I am disgusted by firsthand kids and baby <laughs> clothes like I look at them and I get uncomfortable. Like if nobody has worn this onesie, I won't put it on the child. And then, but there's also like things that you can't control too. So I think controlling as much as you can so that you can be prepared for the things you can't Mm -hmm. control. That is the route that I take. I try to get as much stuff as free or used as possible. I look for, you know, deals on stuff I have to get Mm -hmm. new. And we don't do a ton of activities with them. Like we just started my four-year-old on soccer. It was a hundred bucks for like a season of soccer. And that's the first thing we've like ever paid for him to do besides swimming lessons. But that was A, out of necessity, right? But also he only went to like two of them because he's scared of water. And I'm like, well, if he's scared of water, maybe he'll never jump oh, in. Oh, God. So, yeah, yeah, right? I don't... Uh, it's, it's what area moment. of the country are you Don't in? have kids if you don't want them. <laughs> Florida. So, okay. Oh, my God. That's so like funny. Like St. Petersburg, Florida. I'm from Florida. And I think my parents were like, it's non-negotiable for you to learn how to swim. Because I was like, yeah. we grew... I was from Fort yeah. Lauderdale. And they were like, yeah, everyone's got a pool. Yeah. Like, sorry. 
Yeah, yeah. No, we said the same thing. And then he just would not touch the water. And we're like, well, this is embarrassing for all of us. <laughs> so, so, but yeah, it can be as expensive. Control what you can control because there will be things that you cannot control. So does does the frugality like does that ever kind of make it hard for you to enjoy stuff that does cost money? Not a single. No. Really? Bit. You don't feel Not guilty? Us. Or... <laughs> Why? <laughs> yes. Not us. Salacious. We mm-hmm. have determined the things that we value. And so we will spend unashamedly and without guilt, of course, with a plan on the things that are important to us that hold value. And we can say just abundant no's to the things that don't matter, that we don't value, but it's not deprivation because we don't care. Not even deprivation, (laughs) but like, oh, I was going to say, but like going to something and then being like suddenly panicked or something like that. I I would say for me, the only thing that that kind of quasi happens is if I'll save for something and then go to spend the money. Like I recently got LASIK Mm. and I had deemed so like we got a book deal and I said, if we get an advance that is of this amount or more, I'm finally getting LASIK because I wanted it for 10 years and it's just never been a financial Mm -hmm. priority. And I did. And I, you know, looked around. I got the best price. And when it went to, you know, pay for it, I did feel a little like, oh, it's so much money. Should I be spending this money on something else? I feel a tinge of guilt. That is kind of the closest thing I get to mm. that. And I think it's natural if you are, you know, if, if you tend more to like the saver side, then it's just natural mm. to think I want to optimize everything. And this isn't doesn't seem to be the best optimization of this mm. money. But I friggin love not having to wear contacts yeah. or glasses like I love being able to wake up in the middle of the night and just open my eyes and see like it is actually life-changing and so for that it was an investment like in my happiness and my joy and so I got a you know it was a twinge it was a millisecond and I paid the money and I feel great about it because it was something that I planned to do it was not an impulse purchase but yeah it can be hard for people who love to optimize to not optimize a hundred percent or you know people who love to save to not save all Mm -hmm. the time. I think you just have to realize that tomorrow isn't promised. Like we want to save for the future, but ultimately there is not a hundred percent chance that future will come. And it doesn't mean we go all the way to the other end of the spectrum and we just YOLO and spend paycheck to paycheck. But it means that we do have to hold that tension between doing both. Jill, we cut you off. What were you going to say? You started to say, for instance. Oh, that's all right. Just that I think... When when we've created a spending plan that is within what we know we're bringing in month to month or annually, and we're able to have that knowledge of self where we've created enough space of curiosity to know what's important to us, what's life-giving, we are then equipped to make decisions that are going to meet our needs, meet our values closer to 100%. We may not hit the mark every single time, but I know before I had this level of awareness, I might say yes to certain things, but it only maybe met 
some of my values like 50%. And now that I kind of know that it actually is really important, beauty, travel, spending time with people are important things to me. I am able to make decisions that are really honing in on being able to spend on those things. And so then I'm able to not spend on some of the other things, even if others are like, let's go shopping. I can be like, "Mm, no, or yes, because I can say no to the things that I'm seeing on the shelf there. But it's easier and easier to be able to spend on even something that somebody else might say that was really expensive. That's a waste of money. Not to Mm -hmm. me because I had the money. I planned for it. It's a value to me. And I'm saying no to like luxury shoes and high-end vehicles and not that they're being offered to me all the time, but those things just aren't (laughs) valuable. I'm not getting my hair cut all the time. I'm not buying tons of makeup. I'm not buying new clothes hardly ever. And, And the savings that can happen as a result of that just goes to maybe a five-star hotel Mm -hmm. because I really enjoy that sort of luxury experience. I was going to ask about friends. Like, how do you, how does this affect friendships or how do you deal when it's like people go out and they're like, I'll get this one, you get the next one. Or like, how do you, how do you deal with like, what are their consequences on friendships or something like that? Yeah, you don't think about it when you start this journey, but it definitely comes up pretty quickly. So like when my husband and I were paying off our debt, we we definitely went more extreme than I recommend people doing. But my biggest hang up, the biggest reason I didn't want to pay off debt was because I didn't want to live under a rock. I didn't want to not see my friends for five years or or however long I thought it would take Mm us because my friends all like to go out to restaurants, movies, museums, Mm -hmm. like They just, they're in that season. We were all in that season of our lives where we just love to go Mm -hmm. out. So it, that transitioning into a season where I was paying off debt, it forced me to kind of like reevaluate some of my friendships in like, not on purpose, but it just ended up being that way to where some of my friends who, not maliciously, but they just, they preferred actually going out and they didn't care who they were going out mm-hmm. with. Like that was their priority. That was their value. Well, my value was the mm-hmm. people. And so I had to look at ways to get creative to meet my value of community and ended up strengthening relationships and making new friends in that season that I would not have strengthened otherwise because I was looking at my real value not the thing that I, not the only way I thought would get it Mm -hmm. for me. So that's like that meeting the value kind of like 50% when we, you know, when we talk about like percentages, like 100% would be just sitting on my couch with a friend talking and building a relationship. Mm -hmm. That's what I realized. Like brunch is cool, but it really just makes for a nice Instagram picture, but it's really loud and people are, you know, drinking too many mimosas (laughs) and it's not, actually getting me what I want. So I figured out how to really get what I want, which is stronger relationships. And that led to like potlucks and these pantry cleanout parties where the rule was you cannot buy anything new to bring to the potluck. You have to use whatever's in your fridge or pantry. Yeah. And like drinking coffee at each other's houses instead of going to a coffee Mm -hmm. shop or getting a $3 bottle of wine from Mm -hmm. Aldi and finishing it off in a night. Like It led to stuff like that, getting creative to meet the true value and questioning like what 
do I think, like, what do I assume is going to get me to that value? And some of those people are still some of my closest friends. And the friends I had before then are still my close friends. Like some of them I had to stop following on social media because they were doing things that I couldn't afford to do in that season. And it wasn't like ill intent, you know, I just stopped following them. And when I paid off my debt, I followed them again. So there were just things I had to do for myself. There was nothing bad on those people, but I had to do things for Mm -hmm. me to get where I wanted to go. And so I wouldn't end up where somebody else wanted me to go or where I thought that I should go. So, yeah, I mean, that was my next question was like, how do you not be influenced by others' choices or jealousy or FOMO? I think that we're going to face this kind of forever and always. But I do think there's a path we could choose where we can get better and better at knowing what it is that we want and getting after that. There's there's such a learning process in that. We're going to make mistakes in it. There's got to be so much permission and freedom for ourselves to learn in this journey. But I think some of it does have to do with that self-exploration that we've talked a lot about already Mm -hmm. of what do I want out of life? What are the types of relationships that are most life-giving? What are the circumstances and events and activities that I do that are enjoyable for me? And I'm not saying that every single thing we do has to be enjoyable, fun, and life-giving. Sometimes there's just realities Mm -hmm. to obligations and responsibilities. But wherever we do have voice and choice and influence, really seeking to understand ourselves in that so that we can then communicate that outward. We're not going to be able to set boundaries or communicate these things to other people if we don't have a solid understanding of it ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so if you're experiencing strong FOMO every time friends are going out, then maybe that's just a a really high value. Maybe you do love the brunches. So is there an opportunity for you to be able to tweak your spending in other areas so that you don't have to constantly say no? But also, this is going to be paired with an ability to speak our needs, to set our boundaries, to say a profound and resounding yes to the things that we really want to say yes to and no to the things that we don't want and not feel the pressure to engage. Again, far easier said than done. But if we engage in this process, we can get better and better at it. I was not this way 10 years ago, but through practicing, I've gotten better. There are still some times that I find myself like paying for something that I might not have wanted Mm -hmm. to. It's less and less. But I have found myself being able to say to people, ahead of time, setting expectations. Hey, let's split the bill Mm -hmm. tonight, or I'm going to pay for myself. You good with paying for yourself? Or what are we thinking Ubers are going to cost us to do X, Y, Z? Or, hey, what? yes, I want to go on this weekend trip with you. What are you imagining you, you want to spend on lodging? Here's what I think I can contribute. These types of things, they can be uncomfortable, but we're going to be better off and kinder people Mm -hmm. if we set the expectation from the start, if we let people know where we stand, what we're good with, what we're not good with. It's going to form just better relationships as a result, too. Yeah, I think it's honesty, which is really hard, but like it's been, you know, as a quote unquote influencer, whatever, I like 
was like, you know, I see people that are posting from Greece and Italy and all that. And I want to be that person because I'm like, well, I want to be like aspirational. But then really, like I I did this episode where I was very honest with everyone about what's been going on in the wake of my breakup and the strike. And that really resonated with people because I was like, look, I I'm fucked right now. And like, I think talking about my own move to, you know, frugality or whether it's like thinking about things in a different way or I I hope, you know, the idea is that it would be helpful to people to be honest about that kind of thing or, you know, a bunch of my friends, we all wanted to go to Halloween Horror Nights. It's like very expensive. I was joking because like my boyfriend's the one who came into the chat and was like, wait, how much is this? And like, do we actually all want to go? And is there something else we could do? And and I was like, you know, it ended up being good because it was like a 300 something dollar ticket and the lines were really long. Like he was looking up like, how long are the lines? And I was like, okay, the lines seem really long. And then the people in the chat who were like, this is something I really like going to every year. So I'm still going to go. It like, you know, it's like, okay, we would have like maybe all had fun. Or now I'm like, well, we did look it up and research it. And maybe we would have just been in line for like hours and maybe we don't want to do that. So I was like, sort of like, oh, this is classic Alex. But I was also like, this is so like helpful and like a better way of thinking about it. Mm -hmm. And I'll see everyone on Halloween a different time or whatever. So, I mean, I do feel the like jealousy or the thing of what am I going to post? Because, you know, I'm not in Barcelona or whatever. So like, what am I going to post? And like, are people going to think that I'm not interesting anymore? Which is like my own stressor. (laughs) <laughs> you know, like you follow me. What if I'm not interesting? What if I'm not doing any interesting stuff? <laughs> I'm interested. What if I'm not doing anything <laughs> interesting? Yeah, find more <laughs> people who are interested. You're talking. Yeah, you're talking to us who we don't post anything really on social media because we truly are not really. Yeah, interested. like what? Like I mean, I posted for the Jewish holiday. I'm looking at like an unmade bed because. It's my office is in my guest room and my child sleeps in here right now. So like this is not Barcelona. I know. I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) Hey guys, Gabe Dunn here. I just wanted to let you guys know that I have a Patreon at patreon.com slash Gabe S. Dunn. And on that Patreon, I'm going to start doing live hangs with everyone who is a patron. So if you want to join the Patreon, you can get all these episodes ad-free, videos of our mailbag episodes, extra writing from me, blogs, fiction, other stuff, things that I'm thinking about with regards to money and personal stories, And also now live hangs with me on Zoom once a month. So join the Patreon. And if you're not a member of the Discord, hop on over to the Discord. That's free. The link will be in the description. It's so fun. So many of you guys talk over there. It's like truly popping off. Um, And if you're on the Discord, I would love to see you in the live hang. So I get to put a face to a name. So yeah, please join patreon.com slash Gabe S. Dunn and come hang out with me. Quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. 
You can cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move, so do the math and see how you'll profit with NetSuite. Everything is more expensive these days when you're running a business, and you would be wise to find proven ways to cut costs and boost performance at the same time. The fact that you are able to reduce your IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud is incredible. And the ability to access your cloud financial system from anywhere saves you so much time and stress. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash badwithmoney. netsuite.com slash badwithmoney. netsuite.com slash badwithmoney. I love to track progress. As you guys know from listening to this show, I'm constantly tracking my progress. What have we done so far in 2024? And spring is in full bloom. Are your finances blooming too? With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card, it's easy to start building credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments with no annual fees or interest. And if your credit scores grow, so could your opportunities for lower rates on loans like for a car or a home. You can use it everywhere Visa credit cards are accepted. That's right, you can build your credit using your own money. Get paid up to two days early with direct deposit. With a qualifying direct deposit, you can get access to your money sooner. Fee-free overdraft with SpotMe. Overdraft up to $200 without fees with SpotMe when you set up a qualified direct deposit. Just set up a qualifying direct deposit, sign up for SpotMe, and Chime will spot you up to your limit when you make a credit card purchase or cash withdrawal that exceeds your balance. Access 60,000 plus fee-free ATMs. That's more than the top three national banks combined. Easily find one near you with the Chime app. Send and receive money. Use Chime to pay anyone, Chime members or not, and cash out your money fee-free. With Chime's secure credit card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started at Chime.com slash bad money. That's Chime.com slash bad money. Chime. Feels like progress. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com slash disclosures for details. But also your experience is absolutely going to match somebody else's. I think that can be some of the myth of social media. Somebody can have some Barcelona experience and now it kind of lives on forever as that's what they get to do and that's their lifestyle. But for all of us, we are dynamic. We're not static. Sometimes we go through seasons that are really great and cash is flowing and other times it's not and it really sucks. And there's a variety of reasons that that's happening to us. Either it's happening to us or we made decisions, maybe even intentionally to take less, live off of less, do less. And I think that there's space to put all of that out there because that's what makes you a real human Mm -hmm. being and can connect with many different people. I think I've been surprised by the times when I have been that one to be like, oh, I don't know if I can afford that. And then come to find out that created the space everyone else to be like a handful of others to say, okay, yeah, actually, like I didn't want to, too. But you were the brave and courageous Mm -hmm. one to point out, Mm -hmm. oh, is this actually going to be worth it? And it can give permission 
for others. You don't even know what you are creating space for in sharing the realities to the point that you're willing. Mm-hmm. But it, the people who are saying this is always and forever my life, there's never hard things and I'm just going to beautiful mm-hmm. places. That's not real. Like did we just all know that's that c- cannot be real and it's fun to look at, but as far as human experience goes, it's eventually it's going to get stale. I mean, I don't know, or it's just rich people who just like going there and then they're that's, you know, that's their life and it's a different that's life true. than what I have. <laughs> Do I, want I don't that? know. Do right. I really want to aspire yeah. to be them? Do I really just want my whole personality to be being rich? I don't know. Which, like, I mean, some people, right? yeah. some people might, but I think the majority it's think no, of you how many more. neon signs you could have. Mine I got for free. A company bought it for me. So <laughs> and then I just let it sit yeah, there, there not working for a year. So I was wondering, like, if you you're talking about LASIK, but yeah, like if you are buying something that the price seems really high. And you're not, you're not able, like, if it's not something you had planned for, your car breaks down, you have to get another car. How do you not absolutely freak out? (laughs) I love your question. Well, there is permission to freak out a little. Like, we're not robots. When emergency comes, like, everyone has permission to freak out Mm -hmm. a little bit. It's just a stage. It's how long you stay there. You don't want to operate in crisis, but you can feel it. You can feel the weight of it. And that's where preparation comes into play. So having an emergency fund and you can choose how much is in your emergency fund based on the you know price of your lifestyle. So if you have a more expensive car and you have more expensive tastes, then you're going to want a higher emergency fund because it's going to have to cover a full down payment. And then you also want to be honing just you know, like practical skills. So negotiating, maybe it's a car, but maybe it's a medical bill. You're going to need negotiation skills for for almost any financial crisis that comes your way. So knowing the parameters of what you can negotiate, kind of knowing best practices. And we we try to make our episodes kind of giving people the tools to be able to have that on the, you know, in the back of their heads when they do experience crisis. So we have like episodes on all those types of negotiation. But I I think the biggest thing is just being prepared ahead of time. There is no way that you can prepare for a crisis 100%. Mm -hmm. But you can have some forethought. So if you're driving a beater that you know is going to not last for the next five years to start squirreling away money for when it inevitably does break Mm -hmm. down because it won't be it shouldn't be a shocker when your very old car breaks down you should have some money prepared outside of your emergency fund but there's always things you know that you can't really prepare for so maybe you get in an accident and your car is totaled having something set aside in a high yield savings account not an investment account like not robin hood or anything like that something that you have easy access to so that you can get another car or having alternative, like having the bus route mapped out Mm -hmm. to work. So if your car goes, you know how to get to and from places in the meantime, while you're looking for a deal Mm -hmm. on a car. So just kind of think it's not great to think about all of the bad things that can happen to you (laughs) all the time. Uh, I hesitate to like say that, 
But we know that sometimes car accidents happen, cars break down. We know that sometimes medical emergencies happen. Sometimes jobs get lost. Like there are things that happen more often than others. So just having maybe your top three circumstances kind of covered so that when you're like, okay, if I lose my job, if I have enough to maintain my lifestyle for three months, I know I'm pretty sure I can get something within 90 days. Even if it's not exactly what I want, I can get something. Just kind of preparing Mm -hmm. for that. So I was going to say, do you guys invest? Yes. Yes. I love I love talking about investing. I used to be an investment writer. So how do you like on specifically retirement? And stuff how like do that. you do that? You know, I don't know. Like it, it's it's kind of a funny thing to match with frugality. Right. I mean, for me, I love to talk about saving money because it gives people more margin in their income to expense to be able to invest mm-hmm. for the future so that you can do because you're going to always have bills, right. right? Even after you retire. And a lot of people, so the people have been surveyed and the average age that people say they want to retire is 69. Okay. The average age that people retire statistically is 67. So people more often than not are forced into retirement, whether it's mm. health or caring for a somebody close to them or downsizing or just like hating your job and and getting into your 60s and being like yeah. I'm done with this. It it happens whether usually when you're before you're ready mm-hmm. is the thing. So having your retirement accounts investing earlier will save you more money than waiting to invest when you quote unquote have yeah. more money. So we actually just did an episode on like how chat GPT can save you money, like ways you can use really? it for that. And I was really, I, yeah. So I asked chat GPT, like, how much can I save if I am trying to get to a million dollars? I'm trying to invest and get to a million dollars. How much can I save if I invest $600 per month versus $500 oh. per month? If I'm starting from the same place. And it told, like, it came out, it did all the math. Like, usually you have to piecemeal that kind of math together. And um, math is not my strong suit. But it told me just by investing $600 a month, so it's just an extra hundred, it'd save over $20,000 and get to the same point. So it's time in the market that makes you money. It's not as much like the money you're putting in, mm-hmm. but being consistent over a long period of time is going to fare far better for you than waiting for some arbitrary amount of income to start investing, even if it's a little bit. I will clarify. Jen and I are not day trading. No, yeah. When we talk about investment, we're investing for retirement. That's the type of investment that we're primarily focused on and we'll talk about with our listeners. Got it. Because tax advantage accounts save you so much money on taxes. Mm -hmm. And that's exclusively pretty much where we invest is our tax advantage accounts. We have a rental property. It is the bane of my existence. (laughs) Real estate's not for everyone. It's not for me. Yeah. But so, yeah. But everyone can do a 401k or IRA. So it's it's so easy. What it's like, I guess, to close out, what's like some final advice that you're like, nobody ever asked me about this, but this is my tip. Oh, I have it. I hope it's not yours. 
Debt is neutral. Mm. There is no such thing as good debt or bad debt. It's how you use the debt to build your wealth. Okay. And if you can use debt responsibly, then it can be good for you. But you have to know yourself enough because sometimes your lifestyle, your season will not allow you to use debt to build your wealth. So, but ultimately it's not debt that is the enemy or good or bad. It's neutral. How you use it will either help you or hurt you. That's good. I would say this is more of an encouragement. You can get better at the things that you feel you are not good at, don't have an understanding about, feel like you just don't get it. You can learn. You can improve. You can hone a skill set you never thought that you could have previously. (laughs) For instance, I used to think I will never cook. I can't. It's not a skill set I have. I don't even know if I'm ever going to be able to actually feed myself. And who knows what that's going (laughs) to mean for me. I know. Something decent came out of the pandemic (laughs) for me. And, And food is such an area where we can, again, it's a discretionary expense, but it's a necessary expense and can often be where we get the most questions about savings. And I never, ever, ever thought that I would be the person to have tips on meal planning, prepping, and cooking. And here I am, and I love talking about it. So I just love encouraging other people that you can learn. And if it's not food, if it's investing, that's a whole other thing. It's so gatekept and mysterious and seemingly complicated. And then you just learn a little bit, listen to a few podcasts that feel accessible like this <laughs> one. And it's like, oh, no, I can do this. So certain people out there made me feel like an mm-hmm. idiot with these questions, but you can find platforms and information where they're not going to make you feel like an idiot and you can learn more mm-hmm. and you can do it. And you don't have to like forever sit under a rock of, well, I won't have retirement because I don't understand. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Can you guys tell my audience where to find you? Yeah. So wherever you're listening to this podcast, you can find Frugal Friends every Tuesday and Friday. And we also have a free newsletter three times a week where we share ways to save, deals, food freebies throughout the week, and then also like our insights on how to become a more conscious consumer. And that's at frugalfriendspodcast.com. You'll see a pop up on Thank there. you so much. Thanks, Gabe, for having Thanks. us. This has been fun. Bad With Money with Gabe Shane Dunn is a production of Noted Bisexual. Produced by Melissa D. Monts and Diamond M. Print Productions. Edited by Diane King. Post-production sound by Coco Lorenz. And music by Mike Kaplan, Zach Sherwin, and Jack Dolgen, as sung by Sam Barbera. Thank you. Love you. Bye. You can probably treat yourself to an ad-free upgrade, or at least grab an extra latte, after getting a Chime checking account with features like fee-free overdraft up to $200 with SpotMe. No minimum balance requirements and no monthly fees. Open your account in minutes at chime.com slash goals 24. That's chime.com slash goals 24. Chime feels like progress. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.